1: Today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner.
0: God always brings healing to a person when he forgives them. And many times that healing is proof that a person has been forgiven. Also, the physical healing of this paralytic was a sign that God's kingdom had drawn near to bring complete healing to his created order.
1: Welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. We're continuing our survey of Luke today, chapter 5, verses 16 through 26, Sovereign Healing and Forgiveness of Sins. As we see Jesus healing the sick, there is something significant to the healing, not just health restored, but there's also forgiveness of sins. Now this speaks of a power born of above, a power that attends these healings. It's the significance of that that we're focusing on today. Please join us. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace.
0: So the Pharisees understood correctly that it would be blasphemy for a mere man claim the ability to forgive another man's sins. They said, who is this man who blasphemes against God? And they would have been right if Jesus were a mere man And he was going around telling people, I forgive you of your sins, and I forgive you of your sins, and I forgive you of your sins. That would have been blasphemy, for God only can forgive a man's sins. And guess what? Blasphemy was a capital crime. And this was just what the Pharisees were looking for, so they could shut Jesus up. If this man is going around claiming to be God, we've got him. He is guilty of blasphemy, and both the book of Leviticus and the book of Numbers say that public blasphemy is punishable by death. They were shocked. This man is committing a public blasphemy, is committing a crime. Now, why did they think all of this about Jesus? They thought that what Jesus was saying was a different affront A direct affront against the majesty and the authority of God. At this point, they were trying to defend the God of the Old Testament, the only God there is. They were amazed at this man because they heard him saying things that were affront to the majesty of the only true God. How dare this man stand in the presence of God and make himself God's equal? Now, how in the world... Can anyone see the statement of Jesus, who is God incarnate, as a direct assault upon the character and the supremacy of God? Well, I'm sure you figured it out. It's very simple, by refusing to recognize who Jesus claimed to be. If you refuse to recognize the deity of Christ... If you refuse to believe that He is God as He has professed to be, then you can be offended by everything that He does and everything that He says, especially if you're like the Pharisees, a religious person who believes in God. You can be offended by it. You can think it is an affront to God's majesty, and He should be silenced and executed because of His audacity if you refuse to believe His claims. Now, beloved, when you recognize that, It will help you understand our critics today. You may say to yourself, when you read internet diatribes and watch television programs that are against us, propaganda pieces saying we are a bunch of fire-breathing, radical, extremist fanatics who, as the inventor of the internet, Al Gore has said, are the biggest threat to the survival of humanity. That's us, beloved. They're not talking about some wild-eyed, half-crazy right-ringer, someone with a, a cache of weapons waiting for the right time to blow away the conspirators. They're talking about us. Now, why in the world would anyone think you and I are an arrogant extremist who is a threat to a free society? I don't know about you, but what have any of us ever done to make someone believe that about us? It is because... They do not recognize the divine origin of the Bible as the word of God for all people, in all nations, in all areas, governing all issues. And since they don't believe in the divine origin of the Bible, or in the fact that Jesus Christ is God, they assume you're just making this stuff up. You just want to impose your own subjective opinions upon the rest of society and you would love to take over the government and use the police and the army if necessary to make everyone else believe the way you believe. You arrogant people, you. That is why the world thinks that way about us because they will not recognize the authority Of the word of God. But you see since the Bible originates with God. We're not trying to impose anything we have thought up in our own subjectivity upon anyone. We are just trying to call. The creatures of God back to the law of God. So they can escape the judgment of God and be restored to the blessings of God. Now there's nothing arrogant about that. There is nothing extreme about that. But it comes across as arrogant extremism if you refuse to recognize that the Bible is what it claims to be. And beloved, that is why they did to Jesus what they did. I want you to notice the brilliant way Jesus refuted his enemies. Every time I read the story, I stand in amazement at the brilliance of our Lord. Notice the situation. He has seen the evil reasoning in the hearts of the Pharisees. And the Greek word for reasoning there is translated throughout the New Testament as evil reasoning. Not just your basic reasoning, but evil reasoning. He saw the reasoning in their hearts. He doesn't wait for them to express verbally what's in their mind. And he offends them even more by answering the questions that are just on the tip of their tongues before they could speak them. Don't you just hate it when you start to ask someone a question and they answer it before you get it out of your mouth? Well, Jesus did it on purpose because he knew they would hate it. He is setting these men up. Hey, I know what you're about to say. Let me tell you what you're thinking. I'll answer your question before you even ask it. And then he makes this irrefutable point. Now, listen, because this is the point of our entire text. If a person can truly forgive sins, he can also instantly and completely heal a paralytic. And if a person can heal a paralytic instantly and wholly, then he can really forgive sins because both are only things God can do. That is the argument that he's laying at these men's feet. You don't believe I can forgive this man's sins? Well then, what if I heal him? Then would you believe it? Only God can instantaneously and completely heal this man. So Jesus is saying, if I can completely heal someone in the blink of an eye, in the power of God, then surely I can forgive him of his sins. And if I can do this, Mr. Pharisee, you are stuck. Because you will then have to admit that I am indeed God. What was the significance of this miracle? First of all, notice the order again. The man is dropped down in front of Jesus, and seeing their faith, he says, Your sins are forgiven you. The Pharisees say to him, Who can forgive sins but God alone? Then notice what Jesus said in verse 22 one more time. When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to rise up and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of palsy, I say unto unto thee, Arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. He immediately rose up before them and took up that on which he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. So he forgave this man of his sins. And the Pharisees questioned him. He said, What is easier to forgive or to heal? Friend, be healed. And he was healed. Now, I want you to see the significance of all this. This physical miracle proves the reality of invisible forgiveness. Jesus had performed an invisible act when he forgave this man of his sins. No one can see the sins that were piled up on this man's heads. And no one can see that massive sin vanish into nothingness when Jesus forgave him and set him free from his crimson stain. Now Jesus performs a second act that is instantly visible and readily verifiable. He healed this man, and everyone sees him get up and take his cot and go home, and Jesus does it simply by his spoken word. And in that miracle, That act which the eyes of his onlookers are able to see proves the reliability of the first miracle which no eye could see. Both were performed by the power of God, the sovereign power of Almighty God alone. Neither were done in the name of anyone else. Jesus did them in his own name. Three short sharp commands and a terrible disease is blown away and a person is made entirely well. Now there is a lesson here to help us understand the sacraments. It was the visible sign of the miracle of healing that confirmed that an invisible miracle of forgiveness of sins had taken place. Well, that is a great illustration of the sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Now, there is a difference. The sacraments are not miracles, but they are visible symbols that explain and bear witness to the reality of invisible grace that comes when the symbol is administered. You can't see grace, you can't see forgiveness of sins. You can't see the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit making you a better Christian. But you can see bread, and you can see wine, and you can see water. And the reason God gave us these visible symbols is to teach us that with the visible symbol, there comes to the mouth of faith the invisible reality of continued forgiveness of sins and a strengthening of your faith as you participate. And just as surely as the wine and the bread touch your lips, believer, the Lord Jesus Christ touches your heart. Just as soon as these visible elements touch your lips, believer, Jesus touches your heart with invisible grace. Also, this passage of Scripture, in this passage of Scripture, we get some help in understanding the relationship of sin and sickness and the forgiveness of sins and healing. In the Bible, we're taught that physical healings are conditioned by the forgiveness of God and are often a demonstration of that forgiveness. In other words, in the Old Testament... Before God would heal people, he would forgive them. And many times, to prove to people that, he, that they had been forgiven, he would heal them. Now, can you think of a passage that points this out? Well, I just read it to you a while ago. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. And listen to 2 Chronicles 47, 14. If my people will pray and seek my face and humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. You see, this idea of physical healing and forgiveness of sin are interrelated throughout Scripture. God, now listen, God always brings healing to a person when He forgives them, and many times that healing is proof that a person has been forgiven. Also, the physical healing of this paralytic was a sign that God's kingdom had drawn near to bring complete healing to His created order. This man was forgiven and he was completely healed. And that's important because this is the nature of the salvation that Jesus brings to us. A radical healing of the entire person spiritually and physically. Now don't leave me here, beloved. You know the charismatics are on to something. Some of you don't believe I said that, do you? When they quote Isaiah 53. But they truly don't understand what they are on to. Turn to Isaiah 53. This is a famous text that charismatics use to prove that God doesn't want you sick. And if you are sick, it's because of a lack of faith. Well, in one sense, they are correct. But they lose the real context of this verse. Listen to Isaiah verses 4 through 6. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was buried for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed, and we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. What the charismatic brother says is, in the death of Christ, he bore our sickness. He bore our iniquities. He bore our diseases. And we are healed of these things by him on the cross. Now, they're right up to this point. But they don't stop here. And let me explain what I mean. The death of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross is the basis for your total healing. The Lord Jesus Christ came into the world to heal you from all of your diseases, not just to bring spiritual healing and nothing else, not just to bring physical healing and nothing else. The Lord Jesus Christ came to earth to save you, and salvation means a radical, total healing of your entire person, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, in every way possible. Now what our charismatic brothers fail to understand is that this total healing that our Lord Jesus Christ came to bring, the basis of which was laid at his death, that we might be saved from all our diseases, comes in two phases. First, there is a spiritual healing, and then there is a physical healing. The first thing the Lord Jesus Christ did for the paralytic was to heal him spiritually, to forgive him of his sins. And then after healing him spiritually, he healed him physically, instantaneously, completely, delivering him from his paralysis. In those two parts of this miracle, you see the two phases of your complete healing that was honestly won for you in the atoning death of the Lord Jesus Christ. In this life, comes a time when everyone for whom the Lord Jesus Christ died will experience forgiveness of sins, spiritual transformation or a healing of their heart that was broken and perverted by sin. And then at the end of their lives, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back again at the end of history, they will, shall experience total physical healing that body that was racked with disease and fever and sin and eventually placed in the grave because of sickness will with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ be saved from the dead in utter physical perfection total physical healing so did in heaven where we will live throughout eternity we will be a fully healed people we won't be just spirits floating around, but real people whose spirits were healed in the new birth in this life and whose bodies were healed at our resurrection and there with, the, with new spirits and new bodies. We will be a living people, totally healed, singing God's praises and serving Him throughout all eternity. The Lord Jesus Christ came to heal you of all your diseases. He came to bring total healing to everything about you that is sick. Now there are times when God heals you of your diseases before you die. And beloved, that's just extra grace. He doesn't always. But if He doesn't, just wait. Because He will at the second coming, at your resurrection what a great God we worship. Just as the Lord completely healed the paralytic, he will do the same for everyone who believes in him. Salvation is so big, beloved. He didn't come to just save your soul. But I'll tell you, if you are without the Lord Jesus Christ and you die in that condition, you will never be healed of anything. Every time anyone is spiritually healed, that is forgiven of their sins. Anytime anyone is ever physically healed of any disease or sickness, it is always, it is always because of the gracious movement of God into the sphere of decay and death. Sickness, disease, and death are the consequences of the sinful condition of all men. If we were not sinners, we'd never get sick and we'd never die. And then Dr. Bernaldi and Joe Loomis would have to find other jobs. And I don't think they'd mind. You would never be sad. You'd never be depressed if you weren't a sinner. Therefore, when you were saved from spiritual death, and when you will be saved from physical death in the presence of God, it is because the Lord Jesus Christ has driven back death. He has won the victory over it in his death and resurrection. This story of the paralytic tells us that there is only one way to complete and eternal health health food and exercise can't do it for you, beloved. But boy, are health clubs and health food stores making a fortune on people trying to fight the effects of sin. Trust me. I do walk, I take vitamins, I take other medications and I am still dying and I still get sick. The only way to complete and eternal health is faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have a health plan for all eternity as well as a solid economic plan. And the sound foreign policy. And the best system of justice and even parenting that you will ever find. And it's all found right here in the Lord's Word. Are you telling people about it? The Lord Jesus Christ died and was raised from the grave to bring you total and complete health. So that you might have the desire the ability and the spiritual vitality tell others of his blueprint for health in all areas of earthly lives for his glory. And if this is not the total focus of all that you do, you must question your spiritual health. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father we praise you for this glorious and wonderful message. We thank you for its liberating effects its encouraging effects its soul transforming effects. We thank you Father for the way it feeds our faith and stirs us up to praise and magnify your matchless name. May we never Never fear telling others of the healing effect of your gospel. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen.
1: And that will bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number. 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, Post Mailbox, 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California,